as the Tigers look to pull an upset. Already one upset in the ACC Women's Basketball Tournament today as 12-seeded Wake Forest took down 5-seeded Florida State after trailing by 20 points early in the third quarter. They were plus 31 in the final 17 or so minutes of the game and uh, just kind of walked past Florida State for that one to build a double-digit lead and win by 11. The 8-9 game is already underway between NC State and Syracuse. Uh, For Syracuse, this is an important game for NCAA tournament implications for the 9-seed. For NC State, they're going to have to win today without uh, Diamond Johnson, their dynamic point guard, who was out with uh, some sort of an injury. And so uh, I would give the nod to Syracuse in that. And if Syracuse wins this game, they are in the NCAA tournament. This feels like a play-in situation for Syracuse. Even if they lose it, they may still make it, but this would make it uh, this would make it academic. And there will be nine uh, ACC teams in the NCAA tournament field. So we'll continue to monitor that as we get ready for Clemson and North Carolina coming up in just a little bit. Uh, ben, we, we did not get a lot of time to discuss the Jalen Carter um, revelations yesterday. The uh, uh, the AJC has done a lot of reporting on this. Um, you know what? I, I do want to get to this, but there is some some other breaking news I feel like we need to get to. Uh, if you are on Twitter, you may have just seen this. This literally is just coming out in the last few minutes. Um, Jerry Richardson, the founder of the Carolina Panthers, has passed away at the age of 86. Uh, this is the statement that was released by uh, the Teppers, David and Nicole. Quote, Jerry Richardson's contributions to professional football in the Carolinas are historic. With the arrival of the Panthers in 1995, he changed the landscape of sports in the region and gave the NFL fans here a team to call their own. He was incredibly gracious to me when I purchased a team, and for that I'm thankful. Nicole and I extend our deepest condolences to Rosalind, the entire uh, Richardson family, and their loved ones. We wish them much peace and comfort. Close quote. Uh, Jerry Richardson, obviously an alum of Wofford College in Spartanburg, played football there, um, still holds records there. He was drafted by the Baltimore Colts and started a business career. He opened a Hardee's in Spartanburg and sort of built uh, built a, a great reputation for business savvy over the years. And uh, it took him uh, like seven or eight years, I think the story goes, before he was able to finally bring the Carolina Panthers to his home state. And uh, 19, uh, October 26, 1993, I think was the date of the announcement. And, of course, I know the Carolina Panthers, a big part of a lot of people's lives in our listening audience, and they would not be here today without, uh, without Jerry Richardson. And so uh, certainly thoughts and prayers to the Richardson family. Um, I know – um, there are, um, you know, there are lots of tentacles still in the upstate and in the Carolinas uh, from the Richardson family, and so we we just um, we we mourn with them, and we uh, we certainly send our thoughts and prayers to the family there. This this is a man who was a giant Ben in our area, in our our listening area, and then just beyond uh, up in the Charlotte area. Certainly good for the state of North Carolina and for the state of South Carolina as well. Um, and so this is uh, this is a very sad day. Any thoughts on the uh, on the breaking news from just a few minutes ago uh, that Jerry Richardson has passed away? Well, really influential on the landscape of sports in our area. Uh, you know, our area being the North and South Carolina area. Obviously, what he did for Wofford. Uh, he is a big donor at UNC Charlotte as well. Did uh, I, he? I want to say he funded their football stadium or at least a huge part of it. 
And the Panthers would have never landed in Charlotte had it not been for him. Uh, you know, you can't you can't ignore what happened when he departed the Panthers. But um, you know, that aside, his sports legacy is enormous for you know Charlotte and and for the Spartanburg area. No, that's that's 100 percent right. And uh, I am looking now, February 2021, 150 million dollar gift to Wofford, and uh, the basketball arena and the athletic facility bear his name. And yeah, uh, significant contributions to the football stadium as well. Uh, from uh, from Jerry Richardson, and as you said, his legacy will live on uh, for sure. So uh, just want to want to acknowledge that today. As again, uh, our thoughts and prayers certainly are with his family. Um, back to the Jalen Carter stuff. That's a weird transition, but we're going to do it anyway. Uh, ben, we we heard yesterday that Jalen Carter was uh, present in the vehicle accident, the one-car accident, um, that, as it was termed by the, the official police report, that took the lives of two uh, members of Georgia football and uh, put a couple more in the hospital. And uh, we, we learned a little bit more about his role. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution, again, sort of, um, sort of forced everybody's hand by continuing to uh, report this story and continuing to dig for information. And it turns out that Jalen Carter is now, there's an arrest warrant out for him. Uh, he, has, he has appeared. Uh, that warrant has been served, and he has responded. He has paid bond, and uh, now the legal process can sort of take over. He left the NFL Combine in Indianapolis to come and do that. First of all, before we get into the nitty-gritty of this, and, and it, is, it is gritty, uh, this is a really tough story. Ben, what was your reaction when we heard this yesterday that Jalen Carter, presumably the potential number one pick in the NFL draft, may have been involved in a tangential way in a scenario through which two people lost their lives? Yeah, well, just to so people are are clear, uh, you know that was re- originally reported as a one-car accident uh, that uh, the two people died in on January 15th. And they since learned through traffic cams and things like that that there were actually three vehicles there. One of those vehicles was a Jeep Trackhawk that was owned by and and driven by Jalen Carter. And, uh, you know, they basically were having some fun racing is kind of what it boils down to. Um, not not racing like two cars going down the road in a straight line. Um, traffic cams and witnesses there talking about driving in the wrong lane, uh, in, the, in the passing lane. You know, they were being more reckless than just driving fast. Um, I'm going to give you my my dead honest knee jerk reaction, and it was, thank God that didn't happen to me when I was a kid. Uh huh. Because we've all done stupid things behind the wheel. I mean, if we're being honest, we've all done stupid things behind the wheel. And me speaking for myself, if it wasn't for the grace of God, that could have easily been me when I was a kid. And I say kid when I was early twenties. Um. You know, I mean that that's just that's just the the cold truth of it for me. I 
I I know that there will be much discussion about the, what this means to his NFL draft and things like that, and and in no way, in no way, trying to minimalize what has happened here. But uh, because it's it's tragic, and you know he he left the scene, he came back. His story changed with cops. I was there. No, I wasn't there. I heard it from an apartment. No, I was. I was there. Um, doesn't make. There's a lot of wrong in in how he handled this. But at the same time, I can see myself being in that in a similar situation when I'm 21 years old, and. And I do stupid, stupid stuff. And, and, or my kids or my friends, you know, I mean, I think we all can look back at moments when we were younger and go, God, man, I'm lucky I didn't kill myself or somebody else. Um, so I'm kind of looking at him through that lens. And, um, you know, if he's involved, there's a price to be paid. I hope he pays it, and I hope he recovers from it, and he moves on. So, uh, on the the personal side of this, that's where I am, and, and I don't. I think this will be this will be a long, difficult process for him in a in a civil sense. Uh, I, one would imagine. Um, you know, now there was there was alcohol involved in the car that crashed. Uh, the driver blew double the legal limit. Police say there there were no signs of alcohol with Jalen Carter. Um, that which you got to take that at face value. But he did leave the scene for two hours and came back. You know what uh, what condition was he in? Two hours. We'll never know. But um, you know. But my from the sports side of this quark, and I want your your opinion on this from the sports side of this I'm not sure it changes anything with the NFL here here's my here's my take and I, I think you you said that very well from the personal side this is this is still a tragedy and the the new details that have come out don't change the tragic facts of the case now the you know the fact that alcohol was involved it, it kind of like it kind of crushed me a little bit because there's, you know, there is tragedy where things happen that are almost out of your control. And even going fast, like there's innocent, like you're talking about, there's an innocent way to go fast. And then there's a way that's not so innocent to go fast. And with alcohol being involved, that's a, to me, it, it's, it, it is a factor. Okay. In, in the way that I'm processing this, um, and you know, re- reckless driving is a misdemeanor. And street racing is a, a misdemeanor. He's not been charged in causing or facilitating a death. He's not like he's he's not been charged with any of that. The the leaving the scene and coming back two hours later, I think, is problematic, if not understandable, from a human standpoint. Um, I have even said, you know, depending on how fast he was going, he might have thought, oh, uh, you know, they, uh, you know, I may have just you know blown past them and they'll catch up later. You know, if there's one curve, there might be, there might be three curves. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there, there's there's all kinds of different there's all kinds of different ways this potentially could have gone that would justify him 
putting some distance between himself and the other car without realizing there was a wreck. So I'm trying to be, I'm trying to be charitable on on that end. But some of, the, I mean, some of this stuff doesn't. It, it does require a few more questions. Mm-hmm. Le- leaving I, this, the, you know, leaving ahead. leaving the scene of an accident. Um, you know that. I, I, you hate to rank what's the best part, what's the worst part. That actually might be the worst part in my mind. You know, it's because then you're you're kind of compounding bad choices. Um, at you know, but at the same time, you can, even though you don't agree with it, you can see how somebody is just unsure of what they should do for me i i would hope i would never be unsure what to do when i see an accident uh no matter what the ramifications are for me admittedly i've never been in that situation though and and it doesn't make it right it because it's not right leaving the scene of an accident is never right no matter i mean no matter what it's never right uh you know i i don't all indications are there's nothing in you know getting to somebody quicker wouldn't have change the outcome here but that doesn't really matter you you're not you you can't do that you you can't do that that's right and you know further to that end it it does feel like we are currently adjudicating outcome rather than action and i like i always have a little bit of an issue with that from a just from a from a, a logical standpoint if somebody does something, you know, I talk a lot about decision-making. You can make a good decision that has a bad outcome. You can make a bad decision that has a good outcome. But to me, we want to try, like, when you're when you're teaching your kids, you want your kids to make good decisions. It doesn't mean that their good decisions are going to have good outcomes all the time, but you want to you give them the tools to make the best decisions that they can with the information that they have. It does feel like if you're if you're racing and you get called racing, there's like a tisk tisk and a shame shame and don't do that again type of deal. But there is a different level here because of what happened in another vehicle. And so I do. I also want to say that, like to your point about driving fast, a lot of people are driving fast. A lot of young people are making bad decisions on the road and making you know uh, immature decisions on the road. We've all, like I say, we we've all done things in a car that we wish that we hadn't done. And yet, in this case, his decision-making led directly or indirectly to a couple people losing their lives. And so that, that does have to be taken into account to some degree. You asked me about the athletic part of this. And I'm torn. I'm conflicted. Uh, I saw, I believe it was Ian Rappaport, it may have been somebody else, who tweeted yesterday that it was going to be a problem with some teams if he met with them and didn't acknowledge that he was there because I'm sure this thing came up in conversations. It was very big news, obviously just happened. If he wasn't forthright with teams, there might be some follow-up questions to that. Um, The other thing is, and I've seen this several times, I, I I don't know if teams will do this more so than fans and media will do this, but the NFL already has had to deal with the Henry Ruggs situation where he's going over 170 miles an hour under the influence of alcohol and contributes to a death. He's going through that trial right now. This is a first-round pick. And the Raiders are dealing with the significant ramifications of having drafted a first-round pick that did that. So that's in the forefront of a lot of people in the NFL's minds. I think Jalen Carter will be a first-round pick. 
Um, I don't think he'll be the number one overall pick now. I do think some teams will pass on him because of the perception issues that this will have, not just because of what happened, because he wasn't in the car that crashed, but because of all of the tangential information that we've talked about, the fact that he was there and he left and he came back, the fact that he was, uh, you know, he changed his story with police multiple times, which seems to indicate some feeling of guilt, the fact that he's going to have a legal proceeding probably during the draft that's ongoing to some degree or ha- that he's just come out of, depending on whether there's a plea bargain or, or something like that. I think all of that is going to be a factor. So I would say, I would say it's going to cost him. But he's still going to go in the first round because he's that good of a player, and somebody is going to somebody is going to make him a first round pick. And I'm honestly I'm not sure that there's anybody out there that I've seen that thinks that this is going to cost him uh, any more than that. Maybe sliding into the middle of the uh, in, into the middle of the first round. And, and yeah, let, we'll pick this up on the other side, Quark. I, I'm wondering if it if it changes a single thing. <laughs> I mean, from an NFL standpoint, and think about this during the break. Think about how many players in the NFL right now have, on paper, basically done worse things. Mm. That's true. It's and, a good and, point. And, and, and we'll, I mean, we'll what, just... what he what he actually did was speeding and and reckless driving. That you know, I mean, like he's not. Those deaths are not being attributed to him, even though we are, if you're racing somebody, you, you have a layer, a level of liability for that. I mean, you follow me? We'll talk more about it on the other yes. side. Yeah, we'll do that. 654-ROAR is the number. If you'd like to join us on the phones or on the Adams Curving text line, we'll come back for more after this. Stay with us. Race for the Green Date is getting closer. It's March 11th. If you want to go ahead and sign up, you can do that. Sign up today while we still have some openings that guarantee you a T-shirt and a great swag bag. RunSignUp.com. We've got a fun run for the kids, 12 and under. Going to start at 8 o'clock. 5K starts right after that. You can walk that. And several people have said they want to walk the 5K. You can do that. Half marathon starts right after that. And remember, there's a four-hour time limit on that. Party starts at 8 o'clock. Julian Davis is going to roll up and give away a great prize for the best dressed St. Patrick's Day theme, music, live DJ, drawings for a beautiful emerald necklace from Bradley's Jewelers, great swag every year, trucker's hat, race shirt, sesquicentennial medal just for completing any of the races, cash prizes, you'll need to check the website for more information on that, great giveaways for placing in your age division. I'd like to thank some sponsors, Upstate Medical Associates, 313 Cafe, where we do the package pickup, and Santee Cooper. You want to know more? Seneca SC events or the website at www.sc.com. With 11 different apartment communities in the Clemson area, Burton Properties wants you to know there are apartments ready for lease. In the Heritage at Riverwood and Heritage Point, they have units available for any size you need, and they are also reserving for the fall. Please visit their website at clemsonapartments.com. That's clemsonapartments.com. Or call 653-7717 or 654-1130. Burton Properties is family-owned and operated, and their family looks forward to serving you. 
Golf Cart Service. Serving the upstate for the past 50 years is an authorized club cart dealer for sales, service, and rental. With new used and reconditioned carts, they also do special customization. With their service truck, they come to your business or home to maintain your cart. Visit our website, golfcartsc.com. Located at the intersection of Highway 221 and Highway 295 in Spartanburg. Call us at 864-574-4616. Mention the roar. Get a free rear view mirror with cart purchase. Buying a newer pre-owned vehicle can be a challenging task. The George Coleman Ford team strives to change that. Perhaps that's why their online reviews and multiple Ford President's Awards speak volumes. And with new inventory arriving monthly, you can find the vehicle you've been looking for or have George Coleman Ford order one for you. Never any hidden fees or phantom charges at George Coleman Ford. Plain and simple, old-fashioned, honest business. The best is found in Traveler's Rest. George Coleman Ford. Nobody's more proud of what Diamonds Direct offers than our own staff. Our standards are the highest I've ever seen in the business, and I've been in this industry my entire life. Not only do we have the most competitive pricing in the industry, but the whole package that you get with it is incomparable. One thing that always surprises clients is how much further their budget will go with Diamonds Direct. But way beyond value, what we're most proud of is our total commitment to each and every customer. We go above and beyond for our customers so that they feel valued and they know that they're valued. We are really focusing on not making a sale that day. We want to make a friend forever. It doesn't matter what size diamond that you're looking for. We're going to take care of you and we're going to make you feel fabulous. The philosophy to take care of the customer is just amazing. When clients come in, I think what they can feel is our passion. The electricity that you get in here, everybody's happy. It's such a friendly environment. Diamonds Direct. And you can feel that energy and that happiness every time you step into our showroom. Come see and feel the difference. Your love, our passion. Get directions and store hours at DiamondsDirect.com. And your weekdays with Walt Deptula, host of Road Rage. Walt eats, breathes, and sleeps sports. And he'll break down any sport at any time. Walt knows all things football, college, and NFL. And Walt's the station's NFL draft expert, competing in the NFL Top 100 annually. If you're up for a spirited debate, Road Rage is the place for you. Check him out weekdays 3 to 7 on 105.5 and 97.5 FM. Or tune in on our app or website, theroarfm.com. Powered by Upcountry Fiber, we are 105.5 and 97.5 The Roar. Providing fiber internet, HDTV, and phone service, Upcountry Fiber is a stronger connection. Your Clemson football destination. We are 105.5 and 97.5 The Roar, where every day is game day. Hour three continues out of bounds. We're going to get back to this because uh, there are some other elements at play here that we need to discuss. Five, four horses we like to depend on the phone or on the other line. Uh, first, I want to talk about a first at Buff City. So when I get, uh, when I get uh, I'm going to have to get ready to go to the, the arena, just set up the equipment, make sure everything's good to go before a 545 pregame. And that routine will involve uh, applying some beard oil from Buff City Soap. Uh, it is a uh, tobacco leaf, uh, tobacco bay leaf, I believe, is the name of the scent. Ben, it is delightful. 
Uh, my wife is pretty sensitive to smells. She approves all of my purchases in that regard. She likes it. Uh, and so that's what I'm going with. And, and it's amazing how that little bit can help you feel your best. It's amazing how having good soap can help you feel your best. That, that, that scent, uh, you know, it smells like you're clean. And if you don't like the scent, maybe you, you doubt whether the soap's working. Um, I, I, I'm guilty of that too. Buff City Soap has great scents for hand soap, bar soap. You got bath bombs and shower fizzies. You've got the laundry side with the laundry soap and the dryer balls that I love. And two upstate locations to serve you inside Harville Shopping Center in Clemson or uh, in Greenville at the shops at Green Ridge. Quack, um at, at least one listener you know thinks we we been we are too dismissive of this and i like that's the last thing in the world i want people to think but because i'm i'm not being and honestly where i struggle is where where does the the line of liability to jalen carter start and stop you know, and a, and a gentleman off the air asked me, like, what if this was your child in the other car? I, you know what? If it was my child in the other car, I'd want to blame somebody. I think that's what every parent wants to do, right? Uh, I mean, I got I got three boys that all drive. Uh, no matter the circumstances, as a parent, I want to blame anybody but my kid in a situation like that, especially if there's a loss of life. But the facts that have been reported, and maybe more comes out later and you feel differently, is that uh, is that she was driving? We have to assume willingly speeding down the road, the same as Jalen Carter. Like he didn't make her speed. She was double the legal limit, and she lost control in a curve and hit a telephone pole and two trees. And and we also know that Jalen Carter left the scene and then later returned. And again, like that's the one thing that you can point to, that it, that he he's a hundred percent responsible for leaving the scene and coming back, hundred percent responsible. But you know, but like where where would that level of liability? Sure, he. I mean, you can say he contributed to it because there there's three cars that are all doing this down the road, and he was one of them, and. Uh, you know, may, maybe she's not, maybe she doesn't do that if he's not, you know, kind of street racing with her. But we don't, I'm like, do you know that? I mean, maybe, maybe they do anyway. That's where I say, I mean, that's where you struggle with where do you draw the line there uh, on something that you, that's really all you have to go on at this point. To me, Ben, there is, there is no question where the legal liability falls here. It's easy. It's open and shut. You had a drunk driver who ran off the road and two people in the car died. That's where the legal liability is, period. Nothing anybody else did in any other car uh, caused that more than that unless there's more information that we are unaware of. That does not mean that Jalen Carter did not participate in highly reckless activities and i would just say if you're a parent who wants to blame somebody like that's that's fine i i don't have any issue with parents looking for a pound of flesh or anything like that but i think legally jalen carter is not to blame for this and 
you may disagree with this, Ben. I've been I've been thinking about this. I don't think there's a whole lot of difference between what Jalen Carter did here and what Brandon Miller did at Alabama based on what we know because in the Brandon Miller situation and this is why I'm tr- I'm trying to I'm trying to see is there any difference here or do I need to apply the same standard that we've applied to Brandon Miller in Alabama to Georgia and to Jalen Carter yeah yeah I want to hear this Jaylen I don't Carter, think there's any connection all right Jalen Carter participated in activities within which people lost their lives mm-hmm. it was not his responsibility but he was there he was participating in reckless activities or activities that uh, made it possible, created conditions under which someone lost their lives. He is not legally responsible for these deaths. He is not a suspect in any of these deaths. He has not been charged with any crime. Jalen Carter was charged with the crime, uh, but Brandon Miller, not charged with the crime, still drove a car that contained a weapon that was used in a murder to a scene where an altercation had taken place. To me, I've got to come with the same energy to Jalen Carter that I did with Brandon Miller. That's that's where I'm landing on this. Yeah, and I, I don't. just I don't because I think the enormous difference there in my mind is somebody, somebody text, you text me and tell me to bring a gun, that's only going to result in, in, a, in something bad. You pull up beside me on 123 and floor it, and you know what? There's a good chance something bad may come out of that like it did this, but I'm going to willingly hit the gas on my truck and try to keep up with you and play around with you, and there's a lot of other outcomes from that that don't end, that don't necessarily end in something bad. I mean, I, I don't, to me, there's, there's no comparison there. Well, the other part of it is, I mean, we've got to go with the facts that we know. Like, if you if you were to ask me, do I think, realistically, that Brandon Miller saw the text that uh, he wanted, uh, you know, that, that he was supposed to go pick the guys up and didn't see the text about making sure the gun was in the car, I would say, I don't believe that. But I can't prove it. Much the same way that I don't believe that Jalen Carter was stone-cold sober when he was street racing – uh, another car where two people died. But the police said that they couldn't prove that Miller didn't see, that he said he didn't see the text, and they can't prove it. And they can't prove that Jalen Carter was under the influence of alcohol. Again, I mean, you're right in the standpoint, they're not exactly the same thing. But I think from a liability standpoint, they are the same thing. And from, and again, we could disagree on that. From an NFL standpoint, I do think there will be some teams scared off by this because you are giving a ton of leeway to your first-round pick. For, for better or worse, your first-round pick has to be the face of your draft class and potentially the face of your franchise. When first-round picks bust on the field, it's a bad look. When first-round picks get arrested, it's a bad look. When first-round picks exhibit poor judgment, it's a bad look. That doesn't mean that it never happens. That doesn't mean that some franchises are not better at that than others. But what it does mean is you got to make sure that your first-round picks are checking a lot of boxes. Mm-hmm. Now, somebody's going to look at Jalen Carter's talent, and they're going to say, my goodness, uh, this guy's unbelievable, and legally there's no issue here really in terms of the death factor, so we're taking a chance on him. 
But do I think the Bears or the Texans or the Colts or the Panthers or anybody up inside the top ten is going to take a chance on that? I'm going to say no. I do think it costs him a little bit of money. And make no mistake, just saying that he's going to stay in the first round doesn't mean it's not going to cost him millions of dollars. Now, he's also back at the Combine. And, Ben, I think, and you tell me if, if, if I'm putting words in your mouth because I don't want to, but I think if he performs well at the Combine this weekend – that somebody might be able to say, well, uh, you know, the like the most recent thing we know about Jalen Carter is this whole this whole issue right here. But then when he performs at the combine, that will be the most recent thing, and then he'll perform at pro day, and that'll be the most recent thing. And by the time we get to April, there are a lot of more recent things than this that have happened, especially if this goes away quickly. So I do think that is that uh, has a potential to supersede some of this in somebody's eyes. Yeah, and and look, when we were talking about his NFL future, like what I wish would happen and what I think will happen, I, I was speaking more of what I think will happen. You bring up an interesting point about the the added weight of being a first round, the number one draft pick. Uh, I mean, that's an interesting point. Do you scrutinize that a little more because of that, what you're saying is true that you know you're considered the the face of the franchise in a lot of cases. Um, so does that scare people away a, a little bit? I I don't know. But I, that aside, again, I, I wouldn't be shocked if it doesn't change anything on the NFL level. I mean, I, I really wouldn't. As long as it's not going to keep him from playing on the field, I, I think – I wouldn't be surprised if it doesn't change a thing for him. Let's go to Nelson on the phones before we hit our next break, who has thoughts on this topic. 654-ROAR, you want to join him there. What's up, Nelson? Hey, how's it going? Uh, I'm, my point on this is the same as one of you guys there. Uh, they, they were both guilty of the same thing. And the girl that killed herself, she was guilty of driving drunk fact that she was racing he, he's not responsible for her period she's responsible for everything she did she's an adult now if he was racing and had her in the car with him and he wrecked and killed her that's a different that's a different issue but you are correct everybody wants to blame somebody i saw the other day where a family member was wanting to sue rittenhouse uh, because he protected himself against people that were trying to kill him uh, it's it's crazy uh, the the comments you can read about how he should be charged with murder when all he did was protect his own life against people that were trying their best to kill him. Uh, it's a horrible situation, but to me, uh, Carter is in no way responsible for her. She's responsible for herself. Now, you know, when you're a parent, you can't, you can't really take parents. A lot of times their, their, their views are skewed quite a bit, but, uh, he's guilty of, racing he's guilty of speeding and he's guilty of reckless driving we know that we don't know whether he's drinking or not but to me that's 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 the only thing he's guilty of she was guilty of the same things plus being drunk so if i mean i've driven on the autobahns quite a bit in germany in europe uh because i work bmw here in spartanburg and and i mean i've driven 135 miles an hour in bmw on the autobahns it was legal and it was safe because cars are built to do it but it's not just the fact that they were driving fast, but you can't be driving like that on a road with curves and, and being drunk while you're doing it. Uh, I, I hold her responsible for her for her own actions. Well, that, that's just me. 
But uh, anyway, that was it. That's all I had. All right. Thanks, Nelson. Appreciate the phone call. I look. I I don't disagree with him, Ben. I, mm-hmm. I think I think legally, right? I mean, I mean, I think we're obviously if 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 it were your child, uh, God forbid, you would think about this differently. But in society, we have to think about it like society, and in society, liability does go in certain places. And I think again, I think it's clear where the liability is here. A, a lot of final thought on this, Quark. I mean. There's quite a few people think that Jalen Carter may land with Chicago, and if you're, so let's just hypothetically, they're look Chicago's looking at him, uh, and they're going to go defense, or they're looking at an edge rusher uh, like Will Anderson. I could see something like this if you feel pretty strongly about two guys being sort of the tiebreaker, like, uh-huh. but you know because, and, that, and that's the other thing uh, that. Like Will Anderson is nothing but character and nothing but I mean, not a not a not a bad word ever been said about him, and now you go into this with Jalen Carter with you know with this kind of hanging over his head, I could see I could see somebody going Anderson instead of Carter even though you know different position, um, based on that. I've got a I've got an interesting conspiracy theory. Chad Mailman's going to like this about what Chicago might do uh, on this uh, on this issue. And I want to get to that on the other side. 654-ROAR is the number. If you want to get in on the phones or on the Adams Co-Roofing text line, final segment of the program is up next. Thompson and King want you to know that there has been an important change in veterans' rights. Vets or widows of vets who served in Vietnam in the Navy may now be able to receive Agent Orange benefits. Public Law 116.23 is known as the Blue Water Navy Vietnam Vets Act of 2019. These Blue Water claimants may also be eligible if their claims were previously denied. If you or your deceased spouse served in Vietnam in the Navy, please call 222-0200 or online at thompsonking.com. Standing water or that musty smell in your basement can be a sign of major problems. Canty Foundation Specialists are your local experts in basement waterproofing and crawl space repair. Call us today for a free estimate. Canty can fix it. Call the local experts for a free estimate. Call Canty Foundation Specialists at 864-403-5263 and ask about transferable warranties and available financing. That's 864-403-5263 or online at cantycanfixit.com. 2008 was an incredible year for me and my family. Not only was it the year that I became head coach at Clemson, but it was also the year that I found the only dealership I need for sales and service. Toyota of Easley is my kind of place. If you are considering the purchase of a new or used vehicle or need your current vehicle serviced or repaired, then I encourage you to go see the winning team at Toyota of Easley. Be sure and tell them Dabo sent you. Needing to rent a mini excavator like a Bobcat E32, a skid steer, or wood chipper? Or maybe a smaller tool like a pressure washer, jackhammer, or compactor? McNeely's Store and Rental has got you covered. Clemson alumni-owned renting equipment and selling materials for more than 30 years. We also sell septic materials, ADS drainage products, concrete boxes, real stone veneers, and more. With two upstate South Carolina locations in Clemson and West Union, McNeelyStoreandRental.com. Or call Matt for a quote today, 828-553-4338. 
Spring cleaning is always first thing on the to-do list this time of year, so don't forget yourself. Roosters is here to remind you how important it is to keep your hair and face fresh and clean this season. Roosters has a full menu of what you need for male grooming this spring to check that off of your list. Don't forget to set your next appointment with the professionals at Roosters on Pelham Road in Greenville by calling 884-8920. Gift cards are always available at Roosters. Give the gift that keeps on giving. My Garage by Essex is proud to service the Clemson area with excellent service on all makes and models. They are professionals that perform high-quality workmanship with high-quality parts. With life being uncertain, you know you can be certain of My Garage by Essex, taking care of you and your family. Stop in to see them at 551 Old Greenville Highway, Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. till 5 p.m., or call 864-633-5800. With the largest coverage of any sports talk station in the upstate, nobody does it better than us. We are 105.5 and 97.5 The Roar, where every day is game day. Sing my share Our final segment of the program, Out of Bounds, William Quaggenbush, Ben Milstead. Uh, I, I have another... I have another sort of take on this uh, this Jalen Carter thing, and it has to do with the AJC and with Seth Emerson and the Athletic. And if you recall, back during the season and immediately after, in fact, I'm not even sure it was during the season. It might have been right after the national championship game. Uh, Todd McShay went on and said that Jalen Carter had character concerns. And... Like, everybody came out of the woodwork basically comparing Jalen Carter to Mother Teresa. I mean, it was, honestly, it was a little uncomfortable and a little bit, uh, it was a little bit overboard for me how how nice people said that Jalen Carter was. But it was in direct response to that idea. And Tom McShay came out and basically was like, look, that's, I mean, I'm not talking about this guy's a horrible human being. I'm just talking about is he really, you know, is he really in the playbook all the time? Is You know, does he... Does he have those traits, the the intangible traits that make you want to, you know, that make you want to stay, um, you know, in the facility for 16 hours a day? Like, do you have that? He said the same stuff about Stetson Bennett. And by the way, Stetson Bennett, instead of going to the Senior Bowl and talking to teams, when he got hammered, started knocking on other people's doors in Dallas. So, like, the the, I feel like a lot of people flamed McShay and acted like McShay was a joke of a person, but... I mean, it appears that Jalen Carter might have some concerns, after all. So that's number one. Number two is, the AJC started digging on this story, and if you recall, or if you went on social media, Georgia fans were apoplectic. How dare you besmirch the name of X, Y, or Z player, and how dare you continue to do this? You're just trying to slander the program. Because journalists are doing their jobs. Alabama fans are doing the same thing to people trying to dig on the Brandon Miller situation. Again, that's just at the at the top of my mind because we're we're unfortunately we have to talk about circumstances in which college athletes lose their lives now or you know college athletes are responsible for death now um I, fan bases have got to chill on this um the Georgia fan base collectively kind of freaked out on Todd McShay and freaked out on the AJC and is calling them fake news and propagandists and you just hate the program and all this stuff, when in reality they uncovered some stuff that was kind of important in the investigation of a young person's death. 
Uh, I'm not like I'm not going to bat for all journalists because I don't think all journalists do a great job of this. But I do think, especially the fan bases of programs that have something like this happen, you got to take a chill pill because, like at Alabama, we're seeing it. Like people are are really trying to defend what is some pretty indefensible behavior, and even here, accusing journalists of being. You know, being on witch hunts and slander and libel and, you know, just uh, going out of their way to be negative toward the program and all this stuff. I I just honestly, I, the, this goes beyond athletics, these types of investigations. This is this is death. This is, you know, uh, they're they're trying to root out any corruption is there or any like these are public institutions. So they're accountable to the press in some ways. I don't know, Ben. That kind of bo- it, that, that part of this that part of this kind of bothered me to a certain extent because uh, because I, I felt like I felt like journalists were getting raked over the coals and and really they were just doing their jobs and I appreciate that journalists did their jobs because now I feel like we just as a society we have answers to some questions here that we had. Um, let's go to Jason, who's up with us next. Six five four roar is the number. What's up, Jason? Thanks for taking my call. Will Anderson, without a doubt, I, I think he's a better player. First of all, I thought watching both of them play, uh, Will Anderson is good as a uh, guy on that side of the ball. I think Steven had, to be honest with you. And uh, I'm taking him on over Carter. You know, the, the, you got the character concerns in it or immaturity concerns. In it. You know, maybe this event that happened, maybe it'll straight up Jalen Carter. Maybe it'll change the rest of his life. Know, you could know, you know start making uh, you know mature adult good decisions, but you're spending all that money on uh, you know on the top picks but when it's not that close. I think it is. I'm taking away well, Anderson. I think this guy's going to be. Uh, I mean, I think he'll be a fantastic player. He's going to you know he's uh, just 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 what I've seen. I'm definitely taking him. So that's just just my take on it. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Jason. Appreciate the phone call. You know, th- I will say this. Carter and Anderson aren't strictly the same player. Um, Carter's probably going to have his hand in the dirt at the next level, I would think. And Anderson, you know, is going to be used off the edge. Um, again, these are these are not the same player. But you could argue, uh, you know, it, I think Ben said it well. You could argue that both those guys have a high probability to make, make a significant impact at the next level. And you know what? Uh, it's also possible that one is a better scheme fit for your system than another. And that one is a better, uh, you know, in terms of personnel, it is a better use of resources than another. But if it's close, if you think your franchise could benefit from having Jalen Carter or Will Anderson, and they are basically the same, would you not use this to break the tie? Because we know Will Anderson is going to be a great player off the edge. Well, I, I say that. We know that as much as we know anything in drafts. I mean, routinely, teams and, and the combine and everything else show us that we don't really know much at all about how players are going to translate from college to the NFL. We, we, we don't. We don't have any concept of that on a consistent basis. But as much as we know anything, we know that these two guys look pretty doggone good, and they got a pretty doggone high chance of hitting. And so if you're the Chicago Bears, you're just in need of defensive pieces at this point. Would you not 
try to make room for Will Anderson over Jalen Carter. There is a third option here. And this is the option that the Chicago Bears could do. If you really want Carter, but you don't want to make him the number one overall pick in the draft, Ben, this would go a little bit more to your line of thinking where it doesn't really change anything. Chicago is going to have the chance to move down in this draft. And they're going to be able to move down. And, like, people have talked about Indianapolis with picks. I mean, I would not be shocked if Indianapolis tried to move up. Um, You know, maybe Houston tries to go from 2-1 to if they want to take whoever Chicago has. And Houston also has the 12 pick. Would you maybe trade with Houston, drop down to the 2 and the 12, and try to get both of those guys? Try to get maybe a quarterback, maybe an impact player a little bit later on in the draft? Could Would Jalen Carter fall down to 12, perhaps? Could Chicago get their guy down the draft because of these character concerns or what have you uh, with the trade for maybe multiple first-round picks? with a team who's looking to jump up desperately to the number one spot. I did think about that. If Chicago really likes uh, Jalen Carter, but they really don't want to be seen as having taken him with the number one pick, they've already put out there that they could potentially, uh, that they could potentially, like, you know, move down, package picks, do whatever. They are more than willing to give up that spot. Some of that probably is a little bit of, uh, you know, providing lip service to Justin Fields and trying to make Justin Fields feel like, no, 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 I know these rumors are out there, but you're our guy, that you're, you're the guy at the top of our food chain, you're the guy that we want leading the charge and all this stuff. So I do think that Chicago could potentially move down and, and get that, handle it that way. Um. You know, they could do it with Indy at four. They could get Carter at four. Again, if it's if it's an issue of being 1-1 and not 1-4, you move down, you pick up some draft picks in the process, you still end up getting them. This could redound in a weird way, in a way that kind of feels icky to some degree. This could redound to Chicago's benefit for a team that wants to trade down but might not want to lose that player. And again, I, uh, I, I, don't, I don't know if Chicago is going to trade that pick I don't know if you're um, – I, I, don't, I don't know if you're the Bears front office and you're thinking that way, but just something else to kind of – something else to kind of throw out there. It, the, the draft's almost two months away. The, think, about, uh, think about how quickly uh, – unfortunate, but how quickly – sports world moves from story to story we're we're going to have to remind ourselves the details of this story on draft day on april 27th I mean, because that's how fi- fast we're going to move on to the next story. when i say we i'm i'm talking sports fan in general you see what i mean yes, yes. It, and that that is assuming that you're right about that. That is assuming that no other details come out. Right. That Jalen Carter reaches some sort of plea agreement, pays a fine, does some community service, whatever the case may be, to get these misdemeanors out of there and puts this behind him. Then you're right. We'll be talking about this on draft day as an aside while we're watching highlights of Jalen Carter just absolutely destroy people. 
I, I do think that's that's true, that it's easy to be a prisoner of the moment, but it's wise to look outward with a wide lens at the calendar and see what could possibly come up that would lead us to avert our gaze from this in the next 60 days. And there is plenty. There's stuff this weekend. If he goes to the combine, meets with teams, addresses this in an interview setting, balls out at the combine, does whatever he needs to do, there's a chance this is gone by the weekend, truly that it's wiped away by the weekend, and again, it may change the Bears' thinking. It may allow them to take a second look at Will Anderson. But Jalen Carter's not dropping out of the first round. Uh, Jalen Carter may not drop out of the top ten. Like I say, the Bears may feel like they can drop down and get him at 12 or at 4 or something like that, and that it might create maybe a little more of a comfortable setting for them to do that if they think that there are others who are maybe going to be dissuaded by this. But realistically, we talk about this all the time with drafts. You don't need 32 teams to want you to go in the first round. You just need one. You need one team to be like, we. and this sounds bad, we don't care that much. We don't care as much about what you may or may not have done this time. You're a knucklehead. You shouldn't have been speeding. You shouldn't have been reckless driving, all that stuff. But we think you're going to be a good player, and you're not going to do this again, are you? Okay, good. We're going to take you. Because it, there is a risk. I mean, we talked about the risk of taking this guy, number one. Uh, there is a risk of not taking this guy, number one, taking a lesser player, and then having that player not live up to the billing. And so if you're, if you're in a front office, Ben, I think there's risk either way. You're basically taking a calculated gamble every time you send your name to the commissioner and he walks up to the podium to say that name. And so I don't think it's uh, I don't think it's necessarily a fair characterization to say the only time that the Bears, let's say, would be taking a risk is by taking Jalen Carter. There's a risk in not taking Jalen Carter as well. Final couple of minutes here of the program, and uh, that was kind of a heavy topic to uh, end on. How about one that's not as heavy, Ben? Have you seen uh, Have you seen this story about Tom Brady? Uh, it was going to be a hump day headline for me. Have you seen this, that he may actually delay his uh, taking a job at Fox Sports because he wants to do stand-up comedy? Shut this, up. No. Yeah, I'm serious. I'm true. dead serious. That's All right, this is true. from earlier this week. This is at, listen, this is at a reliable source, popculture.com. If you can't trust popculture.com, who can you trust? And then, the, the National Choir wasn't available. <laughs> the, they listen. They they are getting a report from equally, if not more reputable source, RadarOnline.com. And who doesn't need your daily news from RadarOnline.com? Here is what they say: exclusive by Aaron Johnson. That's a trustworthy name, Ben. Who more trustworthy than Aaron Johnson? NFL legend Tom Brady has drawn up a game plan for a new career in stand-up comedy, but his inner circle has been trying to talk him out of it. RadarOnline.com has learned. According to sources, quote, this is so National Enquirer. This is a perfect National Enquirer quote. Quote, Tom is a terrific quarterback, but he needs to toss this idea before it's too late. Close quote. That's somebody who knows they're being quoted by a tabloid or a paper and is like, um, it's like the Leslie Nope where she's like trying to read off headlines for Shauna Mulway Tweep in Parks and Rec. That's what that quote is like. Tom was great quarterback, but you need to toss this idea before it's too late. Uh, as a comic, he's strictly a water boy, added the insider. And basically it says uh, he was very good in the comedy 80 for Brady, and now he wants to, like Jane Fonda said some nice stuff about him. 
Um, but uh, one one of uh, one of his teammates talked about he's great. It does a great Rob Gronkowski impression. I'll just go ahead and say this, Ben. I think this will be a colossal career mistake. Somebody needs to tell Tom Brady just because he's good at football and he's good at talking about football doesn't mean he can just do whatever he wants. Somebody needs to tell Quark not to believe everything he reads. That's that's where this <laughs> that's where we land on this. Hey, I hey. mean these these are reliable. Quark, Quark, <laughs> smash! <laughs> <laughs> What a great way to end the show. I'm going to cry going off the air. Uh, 545 pregame, 6 o'clock tip tonight. God bless Walter. WCCP FM 105.5, Clemson, Greenville, Anderson, WAHT AM 1560, Cowpens, 97.5, Spartanburg. We are the roar. Hey, Anderson, if you're looking for a